Is the insanity making your head spin? Okay, let's sit down and figure this out together. Again, Dan Newman. On the phone with us now, Dunstan Teo. Dunstan is a good friend of mine personally. I know him professionally, and I've invited him to come on the show and break down exactly what's going on in crypto world that's got a lot of Americans panicked about the industry, and it's not a bad place to go. Dunstan, welcome to the show. This is your third or fourth time to be with us. Tell us what's going on. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for for inviting. Uh, it's always an honor to be here. Yeah. So, um, well, the whole thing uh, actually has uh, has a very interesting slant to this. You know, the whole thing sounds less like a crypto thing, more like something in the story of James Bond, um, including politicians, <laughs> including heads of countries, and so on. The whole thing is in a mess right now. But the crypto space has always been the crypto space. If we decide we want our sovereignty, we can have our sovereignty. But if we decide, you know, we want to support such players, and this will be the result of, you know, supporting such players. So, so right now what's happening is that most of the people in the crypto space have put their crypto in centralized exchanges have put their crypto in centralized lending platforms and so on and all of them just like the banking industry did the same thing they took the collaterals over leveraged lent it or sent it or invest in some other companies creating a network where if one falls all of them fall at the same time so Why? this is exactly what happened. I mean, it, it's just like it's just like the Lehman Brother times. So the the so-called leaders of the crypto space, which are many of the centralized exchanges like FTX and so on, they are the ones that created this whole contingent, and most of them don't even believe in the tenets of Bitcoin and and the original principles of the crypto space, which is decentralization, self-custody, um, giving back sovereignty to the people. So what you're saying is this is not a crypto problem. This is a problem where these exchange groups have been very corruptly uh, negotiating with each other, and it's the groups, the exchanges are setting up loaning to each other and sometimes the loans are illegitimate not actually as they're purported to be anyway and when a crypto coin that's part of a centralized uh, trading platform when it goes down it kind of begins the caving of a bunch of other ones going down because they're all hooked together through this loan agreement yep so like say for example like if we take FTX, for instance, they took the client's money. They took their, like crypto is money. So they took their client's crypto, their money itself, lend it to their trading platforms, use the money as investments, even taking the money to buy property in Bahamas and other countries, using the money to for their families to buy property for their families, using the money as trading hedge, and even allowing their own trading fund to not get wrecked, even if they make the wrong trades. So somebody has to pay for these. Let me, let me break it down for folks that are listening here and just make it sound super simple. It's almost like you go borrow $100 from somebody and you take that $100 and they lend it to you because you told them you were going to invest it in a specific thing. And you don't necessarily do that, but you take that $100 and you use that $100 as collateral and you go borrow money for something from somebody else and they're telling you the same thing. And before long, you've got uh, a world of cards that when one of them falls 
it's going to hurt everybody that's involved in it. Yep. And the fact is, the money that they first borrowed didn't even belong to them. It was the money that the people put in these financial institutes, in these crypto exchanges. It was the money that people put in the bank. So just like the Lehman Brothers situation, the banks didn't have most of the money that people put with them. FTX did the same thing. Most of the funds that was supposed to be the crypto investors' funds, the traders' funds and so on, most of the funds were not in the exchange. It was sent elsewhere. It was used for investments. It wasn't their own funds. It wasn't their revenue. It wasn't their profit. It was the, it was the customers' funds. And they used it somewhere else. So if those investments fail, the exchange wouldn't have money or wouldn't have enough crypto to pass back to the, to the people who actually put their funds in FTX. And the worst is instead of just doing investments and trading, they also made it political. They also invested in political campaigns. They went on to rent the Miami Stadium, hundreds of millions of dollars in the Miami Stadium, which were not their money. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars buying properties across the world, including for their families, like their parents. Is there any way that the people that had invested in uh, these exchanges and those that these people took their money and made these investments and bought all this stuff, the original people, is there any recourse? Are they going to get any of that money back or is it just gone? Well, so this, I would say that there are recourse and part of these recourse involves class action suit like the original OGATS, we sued the Japanese government and the Japanese regulator when they allowed the Malgox, which is the first Bitcoin exchange, and they allowed the exchange to, for lack of a better word, to scam us and to take our Bitcoins away. They said, you know, it was a hack and so on, but those were internal. It wasn't an external hack. It was done by the internal team. So right now we are getting back the Bitcoins. It took many years, but we're getting back the Bitcoins that were in the exchange itself. Now that was the first Bitcoin exchange. Right now, the SEC said that they are coming in because you know they want to protect the they want to protect the investors, they want to protect the retail. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call their bluff on this in this case because they are not just not protecting the people. They are either actively gatekeeping people from their prosperity, or in this case, even worse, they are working with Sam. They are working with FTX. They're working with FTX. How so? So, so this is where the history of the creation of FTX would be interesting. I will not draw any conclusions. I'll allow the audience to draw their own conclusions. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I, I, let me just, let me just tell the people that are listening in. You and I had this, this conversation and I told you, look, we're, we're in a situation. This is a streaming radio show. Uh, the FCC does not have any say so there's, I, I want you to be comfortable to name names Give us specifics because people that are listening, many of are people who have bought crypto for the very first time and have been part of what and are part of what you and I are involved in and some other things. And I want them to understand this is not about cryptocurrency being evil. It's about people being evil. So why don't you just launch into telling us the history of this FTX thing and how we got to where we are. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna add a bit more to what you just said then. Okay. It's not just about people being evil. 
is about world leaders being evil right now, which is as bad as it can get. So, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Sam, the the founder and the creator of FTX and his family, okay. and how somebody like him raised so much capital to create. FTX and how many of the major funds on earth, many of the major investment funds like the Tomasic Holding of Singapore and so on, invested in him. It's not him being eloquent. He's not eloquent. <laughs> He's not. Just look at him on YouTube. <laughs> Listen to the podcast and you know it's not about him being convincing or eloquent. But take a look. We now have Sam Bankman fried. His mom works for the Clinton Foundation, including his brother. That's the first thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the CEO of FTX is the daughter of an MIT professor who is the best friend of the head of the SEC. That doesn't sound very good to me. It doesn't, and it gets worse. Okay. Funds from the, from the FTX treasury were used to lobby the SEC to work against the crypto companies, which was the reason why when, when the head of Binance, which is CZ, heard about it, he was pissed and he spread it out in public what was done. Where Sam Bankman fried actually lobbied the SEC against the industry that he was in. Why would he do that? Because he was never for crypto, he was always for fiat, and he was always working as an agent of the SEC, as an agent for the political powers. This is uncanny. I mean, this may be the biggest financial fraud in world history. It is. And interestingly, Looking at the money flow, look at the funds that went from the exchange and to which administration did he fund during the campaign? Well, you and I know the answer to that was a Democrat administration. Mm-hmm. They funded the, the Biden campaign. He was the third or second largest funder in the campaign. Okay, I'm, now, I, my wheels my this. my wheels are turning <laughs> as you're telling me this. I'm thinking about things that happened. This this is this is amazing, Dunstan. It explains a lot. It 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 gives me kind of assurance that some of the things I thought just didn't seem right. I'm beginning to understand why they don't seem right. They weren't right. Keep please please keep going on. And then, you know, we, we know people like like George Soros, the World Economic Forum, and so on, and you know how evil they are. Yes. Now, what, what is going on is they have connections together. In, in fact, the FTX was actually one of the sponsors of the World Economic Forum, one of the main sponsors. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now, the, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. A couple of other a couple of other nasty stuff would be this. The current administration, I don't want to say which administration, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. The current administration used FTX to send funds to the Ukrainian war situation. 
I call it a war campaign. No, wait a minute. None. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. The administration used FTX, an exchange that is not a good... A crypto it? exchange. Yeah, crypto exchange. Not, uh, not even, you know, any of the other financial institutes, like, you know, the traditional ones and so on. So where, Most of the funds were sent to FTX, where, to Ukraine. Where did this, this money that was used by the administration to send, to put it in crypto, to send it to Ukraine, where did that come from? Is that taxpayer money? Well, I wouldn't directly say that it's taxpayer money. I'm quite sure that we can all draw our parallels and we can all ask the correct questions until the truth comes to light. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because we're discovering something that makes too much sense. And the fact that it and, does is scary. And it's not in millions of dollars. It's in billions of dollars. So let me let, in me, fact, let, let me ask he you. He was also working. Yeah, in fact, he was also working with the people who were trying to replace crypto with central bank digital currencies. Which is one thing the United States government is in the process of doing. Yep. So <laughs> we don't need to ask too much questions regarding all these when part by part, these are coming out to light. Oh my gosh. So let me, let me just kind of back up and, and, um, the United States government has announced numerous times over the last six months, the Biden administration is sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, more billions of dollars to Ukraine, more billions to Ukraine. Most of it is not going like in direct funds, but they're sending military equipment, uh, planes, uh, weapons, et cetera, et cetera. Are you saying that this money this that uh, gets it, it's turned to crypto, but it starts somewhere in fiat dollars? That's all the U.S. Correct. government has. Those fiat dollars instead of going directly to Ukraine, we're being, and I'm trying to be careful. You know, again, I'm not afraid of anybody <laughs> listening in. You know exactly the question I'm going to ask. Is it? It the- goes to FTX first. <laughs> God. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So we've got George Soros. He's involved in it. World Economic Forum. Yes. Um, we have, I'll just say this, we've got the Obama-Biden people involved in it. The Clintons. And we have the Clintons involved in it. Yep. And interestingly, Sam's mom and his brother just stepped down from working for the Clintons. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. I don't know, man, but I'm expecting um, I'm expecting some people to be put in jail in a high security prison and yet they will be able to kill themselves in the high security prison. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I know that we're not done yet. Keep going. So then Sam has consistently been been applauded by people like Klaus Schwab's, which is, you know, part of the World Economic Forum. Yes. Caroline, Caroline Ellison, who's the daughter of Glenn Ellison. Now, Glenn Ellison, the former boss of the current SEC chairman, while he was a professor in MIT. Okay. So Caroline Ellison's dad was the former boss of the SEC chairman. Hmm. Now, 
including conversations that they had with FTX, there was a non-action. I cannot use the word bill, but there was a non-action government. Uh, there was a non-action contract. I don't know what word to use. Document where it states that the SEC will not act on FTX. The SEC is not going to do anything regarding FTX. Correct. There was a non-action clause in the document that was signed with FTX. Okay, who signed that document? Well, based on connections, uh, it looks like it was done by the current SEC chairman, Gary, Gary Gensler. Let, let me just let me just ask you a, a global question about all this. The FTX operation, all the people that are implicated or being as being a part of it, is this an effort to destroy cryptocurrency and to make us stay economically a fiat operation? Is that what this is about? Okay. I would not go as far to say that, but based on the different people that were involved, they all have their own underlying motives and necessity in their principles as to what they want to achieve. Now, obviously, the SEC doesn't want crypto to succeed. Obviously. But yet, the SEC was supporting a new crypto company which came up in the last four years. And weirdly enough, this new crypto company raised billions of dollars, became one of the large, largest crypto exchange in the world with tons of liquidity that came from all over the place, including investment funds of countries. Having ties with some of the major political families on earth, including the SEC, including the MIT. And then yet we have that new exchange being used by an administration to send funds over to Ukraine, where now we don't know what the funds are used for, where the funds are gone, whose hands the funds are redistributed to. None of these are open to the public or even to, uh, or even to accounts and audits. Why? Because even internally within the FTX ecosystem, everything is run like a black box to the point where backdoors were created, where even the trades of Alameda capital, which is they say that it's a, it's a separate trading, but both of it is owned by Sam. If they, if their trades didn't work, they, their, their trades were not called on, which means that they could over leverage, make a bad call, and yet the exchange will not liquidate that call. So it's just something that they tell us it's there, but it's air. There's nothing, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I got to be honest with you, Dunstan, this is blowing my mind. It should. And, and this is not crypto. This yeah, is, I understand. If you put the whole thing together, which one of these was supported by the old guards in the crypto space? was supported by the Bitcoin maximalist, which one of these was actually crypto? It wasn't. It is exactly the same that was done during the layman times. And they're just using crypto as kind of like a secret vehicle, but it's not cryptocurrency itself. It's these fake trading platforms that have used it to manipulate and manipulate fiat dollars out of thin air. Am I wrong? Yes, you are correct. And who were the supporters 
and the owners of these, the political families. It's unbelievable. Why should- How is this mainstream crypto? How is this, you know, like small startups and how is this decentralization? None of these are the tenets of crypto. No, it's, it's the way the fiat economy operates and has forever. Correct. And, and bringing powerful people into our space and then doing the same thing again. And if something goes wrong, all they're going to say is, you know, crypto is a scam. Crypto is bad. But yet we have a non-action clause by the SEC on an exchange that just took away billions of dollars from people. And instead of running a proper business, they took the funds, took it to Ukraine. They took the funds, bought a a number of property for themselves, have global parties that were millions of dollars, each party. Do you know that even as a meal, they spend close to two to $5,000 every Mew. Oh my gosh. And uh, good paying taxpayers, um, mom and pops that did what they did in good faith. And they, they, they invested in, in crypto, in crypto, but they were taken advantage of by people that took advantage of cryptocurrency itself. Yes, but remember, even in my first chat with you, I talked about sovereignty and I talked about how important for them to keep their cryptocurrencies out of the exchange. Yes, you Only did. when they want to trade, then they put it back on. The moment they finish trading, they take it off. For those that are listening in on the show and are new to the understanding of cryptocurrency, to invest in crypto, you have to create a wallet. And that wallet belongs exclusively to you. And no one can access your wallet, any of the crypto that you purchase and put in your wallet. Nobody can access it without your express uh, agreement. And you have to initiate any transaction where you move crypto out of your wallet to someone else. And so these exchanges, basically, they're, they're, they're advertising themselves as being the place where you trade like the stock market. And you, you give that exchange or you deposit that exchange your cryptocurrency and it stays in there for you to trade as part of that exchange. And there, instead of doing what they're telling you they're doing with your crypto, they're using it for personal gain and for political gain using your cryptocurrency. And you think it's still within that exchange where you put it. Did I get that right? Isn't that the same, Isn't that the same as the banks? You pass your money to the bank. You literally signed off your ownership of your money in the bank. They take your money, use it for other purposes. And the banks only need to keep 20% of the money in the bank. So it's like nothing's changed. It's the same operation financially as we've been part of for decades. Fiat. There's, there's but not, not all, correct, but not all crypto companies are like that. Oh, no. I I understand it's not the companies. It's It was the these exchanges. It was the people. Yeah. And, and, and you see, even there are certain exchanges, they are not like that. They don't take, you know, the customer's money to do stuff like this. There are exchanges like that. So it's not all exchanges. So I need the audience to know. Is not, you know, all the exchanges in the crypto space are going to be like that. Who can we trust? Those, Who can we trust? What, what, so that's the thing. 
think of it right now has a series of shaking, shaking away weak foundations, and then where the truth comes to light, nothing will be hidden. Anything that was wrong, that was bad behavior in the crypto space are going to be shaken and brought all the way out into the light. Because crypto is the last place for all the shenanigans that were happening in the financial world, whether or not it's in commodities, currencies, the banking system, and so on. Nothing in crypto can be hidden for long. No matter, you know, how they say, you know, we are shady, we sh shadowy thing, we are shady, you know, everything is encrypted, therefore nobody knows what's going on. Look at it. The Lehman Brothers took how long? The banking system took how long before the entire Lehman Brothers situation happened? It took 20 years. But in crypto, it took four. Much quicker. And many of the, yes, and many of the things in the, in the Lehman situation are still hidden. But whatever FTX did, everything is coming to light, including their political alliances and so on, where they send their funds, what they did with the funds who were involved, who sent funds to them and so on. Because why? Everything is on the ledger. And even if they have like backend systems, like in FTX, there are backend systems where Sam can just override all audits and just take the funds to do whatever he wants to do with it in his exchange. There's no regulation. There's nobody that is looking in to make sure any transactions that this exchange does are legitimate or not. There's no accountability right. whatsoever. There's no accountability. And obviously he believes that there will, there will be no need for accountability because of the people that were behind him. Wow. I guess when you, uh, when you deal personally in business with the most powerful people on the planet, and they get the Securities and Exchange Commission to, in writing, indemnify you against any recourse whatsoever, I guess you pretty much feel like you can do anything you want to do. Right. I mean, he just destroyed millions of people, just took away so much of their funds, used it for himself, his family, and his friends, and his cronies. But yet, the New York Times is still putting him on stage, letting him speak to people, and he's still not in jail. Is anything going to happen there? I believe so, but the actions will be extreme. Now explain that, please. So remember, people tend to disappear when they are not needed. Okay. Or people tend to be in high security prisons and they could kill themselves. I understand. Buildings, <laughs> buildings where children, where family of certain individuals can be demolished with thousands of citizens in. Wow. Th things will happen. What we say in the southern part of the United States is um, they got suicided. Yes. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, And then because he was the only person that was controlling the money flow yes. or knew most of the things that were happening to where the money came from, where the money goes to, it might all disappear with him and his family. So I would say it would not be a really good thing to be spending a lot of face time in the presence of one Sam because no, he wouldn't. His, uh, his time is numbered. Well, it could be. Yeah. Or so, he hopes or his family believes that they are so connected and influential 
that nothing will happen to them. Where is he from? From the United States. Do you know where in the United States? I haven't heard anybody right say. Right now? Yeah, so um, right now he's staying in the Bahamas. Yeah, but his family, isn't it, his family's from the U.S.? Yes, his family is from the U.S. Okay, so they're American citizens. Um, they are. But that really well, does Well, you, you can't be an, you can not be an American citizen and work for the Clinton. You can't be, or you can be. So, taking a look at taking a look at the uh, the campaign, the campaigns uh, that were done by the Clintons, all of them were done by American citizens. Okay. So, where does this leave us when we're looking at getting Crypto. getting an understanding? of crypto and how to safely get involved. Okay. Crypto was actually always safe for the people. If they follow the principles of crypto, the principles of crypto are self sovereignty, are decentralization and inclusion. The thing about the blockchain space about crypto is that everyone can freely participate. There are no, there should be no gatekeeping and everyone can be involved. I mean, of course it's a double agent sword, right? It also means that people like the SEC, people like, um, people like certain administrations, certain families themselves can also be involved, but it also means that retail can be involved. So there's no gatekeeping in crypto, but Importantly, everybody needs to know why we believe in self-custody, why we believe in self-sovereignty, because we believe that the wealth, the time that we spend, the value that we spend to create in our lives should be for us, our families, and our network. So we believe in self-sovereignty, but in order to have self-sovereignty, we need to be we need to have some level of sacrifice. Like we sacrifice some level of convenience. We sacrifice some level of so-called being part of this world in that sense. Which is why we always believe that your own crypto should be kept in your own self-custody wallets. When you want to buy from somewhere, after you buy it, take it out from the platform. You see, it's one extra step that most people find inconvenient to take but that one extra step creates or helps to protect the person's, the individual's sovereignty. That's a good reasoning process to go through when we look at how, um, how bad the fiat economic system is right now. Nobody knows where to put their money. Nobody knows who to trust banks are beginning to come in and grab people's accounts and they don't even have to give explanations for it. Correct. They just say, you know, you don't pass compliance or this, we have to freeze our accounts or whatever. But, you know, for a normal retail person, if most of their funds are in that bank account and if the bank freeze it, their family might starve or they might be forced to take loans which they didn't need to take in the beginning. And where do they take loans from? They take loans from banks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So once again, you talked to us last time about this. If, uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm a father and I have say two or three young children and I'm a working man, my wife is worker and, uh, we're middle-class Americans. We need, more importantly than uh, want, we need to make sure that we become sovereign with our own uh, assets, our money. Yes. Where, do, where do we go to do that? Well, which is why I say, you know, other than the cash flow that we need the month, some of the other funds that we have, we should put it in crypto. We should put it in Bitcoin. We should put it in other cryptocurrencies. 
that that not all cryptocurrencies will give sovereignty back to the people. So they need to, you know, they need to look, do their own research and ask experts. Most of them aren't. Most of them, you know, are part of games. Most of them are part of, uh, most of them are part of like maybe some app or whatever. So not all of them will bring them, will give them back their sovereignty. But for the major ones, um, what they do is they take, they buy those crypto, put it in their crypto wallets. That will start their journey into bringing sovereignty back to themselves and their families, especially to their children. How do how do we know which ones, which currencies will bring our sovereignty back? That it's that it's ours and it's protected. Basically, nobody can mess with it because it is our. It's it's in our wallet. How do we know which ones to get involved with? So number one definitely will be Bitcoin. Another one that I endorse, although I'm not gonna say you know it's gonna be financial advice and so on, will be one of my portfolios. Remember, it is one of my portfolios. <laughs> you have so many. I just need to be very clear. I have many, so uh, they could they could check out me on Google, uh, look at some of my videos, also check through some of my history, and they know that I have many portfolios. So this is one of them. Would be Fieldcoin itself, because Fieldcoin was made to bring sovereignty back to the people, to the point where even the wallet itself is non-custodial. We can't take anything from your wallet. We can only put it in. We can only give to you, but we can't take from you. And I want to be honest with people listening in. I have a Philcoin wallet. I personally have uh, invested in Philcoin, P-H-I-L-C-O-I-N, Philcoin. And it's PHL is the symbol for Philcoin. Now, we don't deal Philcoin. We don't deal with an exchange. We don't deal with FTX or anybody like that. We buy it. It's in our wallet. And this is this is good, but it's bad. Once you create a wallet and you put something in it, if you lose access to your wallet, for instance, Philcoin, the company, if you lose access to your wallet, they can't can do anything for you. Nothing can be done for you. It's all yours. It's, it's so, so this is <laughs> so this is a personal story that happened to me and my network. Uh, one of my one of my friends, uh, who's one of one of our wealth managers, <laughs> he bought some Philcoin, and then he didn't he didn't write down his. 12 word seed phrase somewhere and kept it somewhere safe. And one day he was um, helping his, well, he went to help his mom and then, you know, he was using a tractor and his phone fell and it got crushed by the tractor. Then he came and asked us, you know, is there anything that we can do? I say, you know, you're a wealth manager, you have done so much for us, but there is nothing. I can do in this case because I have no access to your account at all. I'll tell you a personal story. Shortly after I invested in Philcoin, I had written down those 12 words that you get that is a locked way for you to make sure that you're the only person that has access to it. And our mutual friend, and I won't mention this, his whole name, but it's Rich. Uh, Rich had instructed me, <laughs> and I wrote it down. I wrote them all down. And then I kept it, obviously, on my phone. Well, I went, I got, uh, every every once in a while when you're in the Philcoin app for your security purposes, it will ask you to reauthorize. In other words, you go back to your basic account, and to make sure it's you that's trying to do it, You've got to input those 12 words. And I couldn't find it on my phone. And I forgot where I put the 12 words. And I called Rich in a panic. And he said, oh, my gosh. He said, Dan, there's nothing. 
that I could do. And I said, well, would you reach out to Dunstan or somebody else? And he said, there's nothing they can do. And then I remembered, I did what I was supposed to do. I put it in my safe <laughs> and I, oh, for, I forgot I put God. it in my So it scared me to death. But what that means, folks, is it protects your sovereignty of your money. It's yours. Nobody can do anything with it. Nobody can access it. Nobody can get in your account. The banks can't get in your in your crypto account. It belongs to you. And unless and until you give someone authorization or you send it to them, and when you transact, what happens is you send from your Bitcoin account tokens but they don't know anything about your account that it comes from. It just gets to them. When it goes to their wallet, it's assigned a new transaction number. And that makes it so safe. There's never been anything as secure in the financial world as is cryptocurrency. Did I get that right? Definitely, Dan. And the fact is you made it so simple and so clear cut to the people. And that's important because most of most of the people who are in cryptocurrencies, they tend to convolute stuff to, to tell people that they know more than others and they are experts and therefore listen to them. Well, that's what personal sovereignty is all about. You don't have to listen mm-hmm. to anyone else. Yes. So if I want to buy if I want to buy another cryptocurrency out of my you wallet, can I can do that. Yes. And, and no- people can't stop you. And even if they try to stop you, all you need to do is to use a VPN. <laughs> you can create like, you know, accounts yeah. in other countries and so on. And yeah. then you can still buy crypto. If not, you can even buy it directly from somebody else who has a crypto that you want. Like say, for example, I was in Dubai and there was one of the crypto that I wanted that was in uh, that was in a small exchange that I didn't want to create an account for. So I, I found a person who actually has some of those crypto and he said, you know, okay, I will, I will pass you and I will sell you some of these crypto. And I bought it directly from an individual. So it's peer to peer. That's just too simple. It is because we go back to the roots of the roots of self-sovereignty in order to be sovereign in terms of your wealth. You have to make sure that other people don't have access or do not know how much wealth you have and are not able to stop your transactions. These are the two main important things to wealth sovereignty and crypto does that for people. People don't know how much I have. And even if I want to transact, no matter how small, how big the amount, nobody can stop me from transacting with whoever I want to transact with. So I want to buy Philcoin. How do I buy Philcoin? Uh, so Philcoin, we made it easy because we are not just on exchanges. Remember, we are also part of the ecosystem. We also want to support the entire ecosystem itself. So we are also on centralized exchanges, but we are also on decentralized exchanges has shown in our website. We also have partnerships with credit card companies where people can use their credit card to buy Fucoin directly. And of course, people who know us, they can come directly in contact with us to get it directly from the treasury. But that will be more of a B2B um, transaction than a B2C transaction. Okay. So you got to go to the Philcoin website if you want to get more information about that. Yeah, download the app itself. Uh, interestingly enough, our our app download has been increasing daily. Um, we haven't done much marketing, PR, and promotion on it. I can vouch for it. I can tell you this. It's not really simple Cryptocurrency is not like going to a bank and them doing all the stuff for your account and setting it up. You you need to learn a little bit about cryptocurrency 
and there are great resources to go to to learn about it. But don't let anyone convince you that you've got to rely on them. They're the experts. Don't do that. Find a source that you trust. Go to a play place like download the Philcoin app and then read all of the content that's there and the instructions. And if you have questions, ask somebody. Ask somebody that's in the business, but don't ask them and expect them to do anything and everything for you. You need to protect your own sovereignty, your own financial sovereignty, and it begins with you keeping control of where all your financial resources are. You don't need somebody else to keep it for you. Keep it in your wallet. No matter what crypto you buy, keep it in your wallet. That's a great starting place. Dunstan, listen, I really, really thank you for coming and sharing with us again today. Uh, Every time you come, I learn more about cryptocurrency. And when the FTX thing was announced, I know that there are people out there that just shook their head and said, see, we knew cryptocurrency was a fraud, and this, this explains it. You give your money to somebody, and whether they call it crypto or a bank account, they can access it and steal it from you, so crypto's not safe. Instead of that, we find out it wasn't cryptocurrency. It was the people that got in that business created that exchange and other exchanges and took advantage of that. And they did it inside the guise of cryptocurrency and they manipulated people to do it. That's exactly what we needed to learn from you today. And I want to thank you for that. I won't mention the names that you, (laughs) you shared with us, but, but it, it, you know, it shocked me that, it happened the way that it had happened. But then when I found out it happened and you told us the names, I was like, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) There's no surprise, right? (laughs) Yeah. Listen, my friend, you are, uh, you're welcome to come anytime. If you have something at any point you want to share with our audience, uh, our audience is from pretty much every background. We have people listening in from other countries. Now, please feel free. Just give me a call and we'll put you right up on the air anytime. Awesome. I'll definitely be on it then. I can't wait to speak to you again, buddy. Yeah. Have a great time. God bless. You too. Thank you, Dunstan. Thank you, Dan. Dunstan Teo. My gosh. I learned a lot. Some of what I learned is kind of spooky, as a matter of fact. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network.